What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cabbage Cart Podcast, where we'll be discussing all things Avatar. That includes Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, the graphic novels, and books. Fair warning, this podcast will contain spoilers for all Avatar content. With that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Cabbage Cart Podcast. What's up, Clark? <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> dude, I feel really bad for our listeners because... What listeners? W- they'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> if you're hearing this, congratulations. You made the cut. <laughs> you're part of a very limited exclusive club. <laughs> Not by our design. Or I yeah, guess yeah. in a way by our design. By our design. You're correct. <laughs> Just because we recorded... Or, or lack of design. Yeah. Yeah. We recorded our first six episodes... Just completely out of order. Like it's been a long process. <laughs> yeah. So if you're so episode, this is episode three, and we already have four, five, and six done, and one and two. And we have we have this is our sixth episode that we're putting together. It's the third episode, right, in the series. So right. Yeah. So if you're listening to the next three episodes and they're like, what? What are they referencing? Like if the audience it's sounds already, weird, yeah. We're fig- hey hey hey. Calm down. We're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. Okay. Calm down. Really excited for this week because the end of Rise here is just straight action-packed. We saved we saved this portion of the book just for this episode because it's just so banger let's, after let's banger. recap on uh, on last week. Okay, so go for where it. Did, where did we end last week? You always do that. You're, <laughs> like, you're like, let's do this. Uh, let's recap on last week. Ricky, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. What are your thoughts? You got. Oh, hey, I didn't prepare. You got to beat me to the punch, then, dude. <laughs> like you got to be the one to say, "All right, let's recap," and then throw it on me. I just beat you to the punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So last week, uh, we we finished up with basically what was like a training montage of the Flying Opera Company mm. on their way to uh, to handle some business with the Dalphi and uh, Uncle Mock. Mm-hmm. So it went through this big training montage, uh, you know, Wong teaching uh, uh, Kyoshi how to use her fans and the fire bending training and all this stuff, water bending and all that. Uh, now we're picking it up with them getting ready to attack uh, Governor. How do you pronounce his name? T. I'm T- going with T. T. Okay. It's probably something else. You know, AJ, uh, your brother has been texting me about. Because he's listening to the audiobook. Right. And the only one we've gotten remotely right. Well, we got Kelsang right. But they, yeah. I think he says Kelsong. Yeah, they said Kelsong in the audiobook. So it's like so an A long that, thing. That's wrong. So we got all, we've got all the names wrong. And then Jianzu is Jianzu, but it's like Jianzu. It's, it's like Jianzu. It's like you got to say it fast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still going with John Zoo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Heyran is Huron or Huron. Uh, like the fucking lake? He, spe- he spelled it as H-U-R-O-N. <laughs> yeah, like the lake? Yeah. Um, either way, whatever it is. So so they're getting ready for a fight outside of Governor Tay's, uh, I guess it's like a palace, palace right? Palace, palace, right. Because so, right, he's governor of a town, so it would make sense, as we know from the Earth Kingdom, everything's kind of... Structural representation right. of uh, of the hierarchy in society, and so he's got this big palace in the middle of it. Right, and that's where we get into today's episode. The book picks up; it's they're casing out the joint, and this is the, so Ranji 
is against all of this. All every, everything that's been going on since like day one. Shocker. Oh, yeah. Ranji doesn't like what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Shocker. But because she's following suit, she's coming along. She's like, oh, we're going to do this right. She's like, oh, these are the weak points in the security, blah, blah, blah. Start fucking dissecting the palace. And it's the first time the Flying Opera Company, like, really respects her. They're like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? And she's like, if we're going to fucking, if I'm fucking on this ride, we're going to fucking do it right. Well, and that's kind of how the Daofi operate. Like, you're only respected if you're useful or powerful. True, true. You know? So right, they're like, oh, wealthy. Yeah, now exactly. you have proven your worth. Right. Like, you actually know your shit. Right. Is what it is. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Is that, is that the, uh, what, what happens after that? That's all I wrote for that chapter. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing I noted down. Okay, no, that's chapter. cool. So, okay, so they're getting ready. Uh, it says that there's over 500 Dow Phi and the Flying Opera Company. Oh, this is where the Flying, because the Flying Opera Company went first, and then now they're at the encampment outside yeah, of the Dow. So Ranji scouted Dao it out. They came back. They're like, here's the plan. They're meeting with, uh, with Uncle Mock. They're at the encampment outside. Yeah, so there's 500 Dao Phi, the Flying Opera Company. They're meeting with Master Mock and... Uh, Uncle. Or excuse me. Uncle. I was thinking Uncle Master Amok. Yeah, a Sifu Amok. Uh, Uncle Mock and uh, and they're talking with him about their game plan. And they're like, okay, we're going to... Like, if this is going to work, the Flying Opera Company is going to go over... Go free the prisoner. You guys need to storm the gates, basically, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and they come to this conclusion. You know, there's a little scuffle in there between uh, Uncle Mock's right hand man and Lek, as there usually is, because he doesn't respect or like Lek right. that much. Kyoshi ends up bashing this dude's hand in the table with her fans. Which, uh, by the way, I want to point this out. It's I love the little. Just the little uh, characteristics of Kyoshi. It's not like she just like stopped him. She like broke his hand. Right. You know right. what I mean. She she went over the top. <laughs> yeah. Like she didn't control her power. Right. Again. Right. You know what I mean. Like Smash she's only she's only capable. And I think she's like, oh, sorry, I saw a fly. Like <laughs> I didn't, or I saw a spider. I didn't want you to get poisoned. And Uncle Mock thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. He starts laughing. That fine. You yeah. know what I mean. So. uh they're they're actually walking around the like getting ready. They're in the Kyoshi's thinking back to uh, Gianzu on how he would be disappointed that Governor Tay's guards are not noticing an entire army taking you know taking position right. outside their gates, right? And she it's just another like callback to Gianzu and how he's a master of strategy, right? And I, I just thought that was a cool little detail how she's he's still in her head. You know what I mean? Like he's never right. Not the lessons there. he's taught to Kyoshi. She's yeah. carried. Yeah, she has carried. She goes this her. strategically. There should be no reason why we're not being ambushed right now. Like you know, right. like Gianzi would know this, and this would never happen at, at the Avatar. Mansion. Honestly, what was the point of the? I, I they probably could have busted out fucking Jew alone. Like the Flying Opera Company probably could have accomplished it by themselves. Pro- you know, they probably could. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Because, uh, no. Because think about all the the security that was at the palace that was fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, de- okay. Maybe not. And when it comes to security, I feel like nobody does better than Earthbenders because 
they can summon a the, jail uh, around yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. you don't need to go to jail. They'll just make one around right. you. They just make walls. <laughs> they're like, oh, here's another wall. I don't know. Yeah, but the important part of this is that uh, while they're getting ready, they're walking around the encampment, Wong is like, from the Flying Opera Company, right? He's like, oh, we need to put on our, our war paint. Oh yes, we need to. Yes. We need to get ready for battle. Yeah, they're like, they're like, come on, we're gonna be late. We're gonna be late. Like, yeah. And Wong's like, no, hold on, wait, wait, wait. And Kyoshi's like, oh, she thinks back. She goes, oh, I have something in my, my mother's chest, right? So she goes and grabs it, and it's a makeup kit. And she notices that the colors are kind of bland. Like, there's basically only three colors. It's like gray, white, and red. And Wong goes into this whole spiel explaining it's to like, her. This is good stuff. Well, this is where we learn that the colors of Kiyoshi on her makeup, those are Dao Fi colors. Right. And the red represents their, like, honor and commitment to each other. And Karima even kind of, like, smirks at that because it's, like, honor. You know, like, right. we're Dao Fi. Right. But, like, Wong, like, he kind of, like, he still, he believes in that. He's passionate about he it. He believes you know? in it. And he's explaining He's our big, it. fluffy teddy, teddy bear. Yeah. And he, he's, like, he's got some standards that he holds himself to. And they're very traditional. And he's explaining that to Kiyoshi. Mm-hmm. And I just love the fact that... What's the white? Um, I think the white is just supposed to add contrast because the red is the main color. Right. The red is their honor and commitment to each other as Dao Fai and how it stands out against a, like a sea of white. Right. Also, they, they're they not all rocking the same... make. They're not all rocking Kiyoshi makeup. Ranji has like streaks across her chin, red streaks across her chin and cheeks. Like they're all doing like a different style. So they're not all dressed like Kyo or like the Kiyoshi warriors, how they're mm-hmm. all, they all have Kiyoshi's makeup. It's not like that. They have different representations. Yeah, they don't, they're not all looking like Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi's just happens to be what it's we see. It's just like war paint. You would think on uh, native American war or a uh, brave or, heart. Yeah. Or Bra- you know, yeah, exactly. We're all doing our same thing, yeah. but, but the blue represents freedom, you know, yeah, it's that same thing, right? And uh, what I like about this too is that, like, we're f- for the most part, with the exception of one piece of clothing, Kyoshi's like th- like uh, Karima puts the headdress, her mother uh, Kyoshi's mother's headdress on her, right? And it's like I just ab- imagine this scenario, this scene where it's like Kyoshi is now who Kyoshi is going to be, right? And we'll we'll um. You'll understand later when when she gets the gloves later. Mm-hmm. But I love that we see in this book each piece of Kiyoshi's look come together. It's not just like it's not like oh she stumbled into some temple where she saw the gar- the getup of some ancient warrior and she donned it on herself. Yeah, you know, no, it's like it's like a video game. No, and it's and it's important because like you know this is Kiyoshi's look. She yeah. she made the look like it. She put it together. It wasn't something that she she was like yeah. influenced from, like the older, you know, sage. Which is what I imagined it was when I first watched Avatar. I was like, the you know, the Kiyoshi, the paint, the face paint, the the headdress, you know, the fans was probably from like some ancient religion. You know, yeah, that that it came. She's kind of making it her own. No, yeah. Instead, it was it was different pieces. I mean, the headdress and fans. Sure, that was that was from her mother. So you could say like, oh, that's from an old doubt. But each piece of the the 
thing is like it's built differently of the of the look is built it's super dope dude it's dope that we it. get to like because it, it's like we're not only seeing kiyoshi put herself they're they're almost like representative of her growing as a person every time she does something that is a step forward in, in right. her avatar hood, she gets a new piece she of gets fucking... a new piece of clothing you know what i mean yeah and then as we see in the end of shadows it's all brought together right which we'll talk about when we get to shadows right but um, each time she does something in a step. Wait, forward. did you guys know there's an, there's a second book? Because <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. Yes. Is it oh, a spoiler? I love, I love Kyoshi so much. I just love that Kyoshi's finally in her garb, and that's really. I mean, that's kind of where where it leaves us on that. So so they're next, getting ready for that. Yeah. Though. And next chapter is the actual raid, and you're like, all right, how is this gonna play out? Well, Lek, our boy Lek, pulls out a sling. And he's like, all right, I got the guard. They're they're aiming at this guard tower. He, like, I imagine it's good distance. It's got to be, like, in my head, I'm imagining, like, two football fields. Okay. 600 yards. Yeah. And so. Or is it 600 uh, feet? 600 yards. feet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking idiot. Quick maths. <laughs> all right, go ahead. And uh, he pulls out a sling and fucking, he's a sniper, dude. He phew, ding, pops the guard on the head with a rock. And, uh, oh, dude, that was so cool. Like, does he kill him or does he knock him out? No, he, he's knocked out. Yeah. He's knocked out. And then he goes to knock out the second guard, but he gets distracted because Mock's men start charging. Oh, uh, okay. So they're aware of the... Right. Oh, no, excuse so, me. So, uh, okay. And the alarm so sounds. So start going. Yes. It pops up way too and soon. And the guard sounds the alarm and he's like, fuck, bing, tries again, knocks him out. Great. I fucking love... I really loved Sniper Luck. <laughs> I really love like the thought of like having an Earthbender on your team. Just for, the sniper, just on the outside, just mm-hmm. like picking people off. We've never seen that in Avatar. It's super cool way to like bend. You know what I mean? Right. It's not the traditional uh, Earthbending that you see, where it's like big hunks of rock and and loud and and you know Toph right. style. Right. It's actually like the opposite of Toph. Really, that's what it is. Just small, precise, from a distance. You know what? That's how I imagine, like, that's why I love, I really love sand bending. Because of, I mean, it's earth, it's earth bending, but it's, it's so small and precise that it kind of, it just changed, changes the fluidity and the dynamics of oh, the yeah. earth bending, you know? Because yeah, you're not pulling up a stone, you're pulling yeah, up like it's like thousand more, individual yeah. little pieces right. of sand. That's pretty cool. Anyway, so, um, as they're invading the palace, Kyoshi's like, listen, we're not gonna let these the Dao Five fucking overrun the palace and murder all these innocent people. And so they start building. Uh, her and Lao Gi start building a trench around the whole establishment to stop the incoming Dao Five. Um, they hop up. They're on a rooftop. Then her and Karima, and what they do is they there's a turtle duck pond. There always is. Always a turtle duck <laughs> pond, man. Always a turtle duck Very pond. conveniently placed turtle duck ponds. And um, what they do is, it's important to note, there's a full moon going on at this time, and Kiyoshi can feel it. So they lift up. Kiyoshi lifts up the contents of the pond. The turtle ducks fly away. They're safe. Don't worry. But uh, this whole pond, and then Karima like, guides it. You know. Yeah, that's super dope. So Kyo- Kyoshi's using her raw power 
And Kareem is fine- like adding finesse to it right. so that it gets to where it needs to be. Right. And then what they do is they flood out the palace. They flood it out. They fill up the palace wall halls with the water. And then they shoot it out to basically eject, eject any guardsmen or people that are in there. You know, and that's like... Uh, to keep everybody safe. Yeah, right? yep, yeah. exactly. And then in there, when they do that, like the hallways are filling up or like it's like gushing water down down the hallways and there's a cabbage stand. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. What happens to this cabbage? It gets blasted away <laughs> by a wall of water. <laughs> Poor cabbage farmers, man. <laughs> Jeez, give them a break, brother. That was my first cabbage joke. You've had all of them know, up until I now. Mean, yeah, I'm re- I'm really happy with that one. You're really coming and along. I, and I just yeah. I just it just popped into my head. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> my turn. <laughs> I didn't. Hey, I'll tell you what. I didn't see it coming. Thank you, thank you. I'm really happy. No, thank I'm you. Really happy. Thank you. <laughs> So continuing on with the mission, they go down into the bunker, uh, like the underground bunker, which is going to have – it has the prison and a bunker because it's, yeah, it's underground. Like, yeah. Same facility. So Like turn left for the prison, turn right for the bunker? I That's exactly how I imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's like a sign yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. of a long it's hallway. Like, <laughs> prison, bunker. Prison. <laughs> Prison luxury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, it smells so nice that way. <laughs> Which way do they go? Said that, okay, so uh, it's <laughs> Karima, Laogi, and uh, Kiyoshi. And so they go down. Laogi tells Karima to go. She'll need to use her waterbed to pick the lock of the prisoner they're breaking out. Okay. And so, and he's like, we'll stand guard. And then Kiyoshi's like, fuck, because now I'm alone with Laogi. And he wants me to kill someone. So they go down the into the bunker side, into the right side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> into the right side that smells really nice. I'm glad we both agreed that it was on the right, even though we never said it. Actually, I... Did you point? I, I No. You said... No, you actually said right oh, side. I but did. I imagined it left side. Did you? Just saying. Just saying. Yep. Bunker's <laughs> always on the right yep. side. Everybody knows that. No, because that's that's why you put it on the left side, you fucking idiot. Uh, like, okay. got it. Okay. You know what'd be funny? So Everyone they, assumes it's gonna be on the right side, so it's that's like why a, you put it on the left side. Like a little "you are here" sign, right? It's like mm-hmm. bunker. Like, yeah. And there's a Dillard's. I don't know, <laughs> a Dillard's and a Wetzel pretzel. <laughs> Hey, Governor Tay is living in luxury, man. Woo! He's got a he's got a dude. He's, he's, he's got a wetzel pretzel here. Shit. You walk by. There's <laughs> there's windows of sad puppies. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love going to the puppy store. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, dude, I love going to the puppy and just being like, I'll never pay for any of you because you're really expensive. I got I got my bloodhound from a from a Oh really? From, from a mall? mall? Yeah. I heard they die really fast. That's a terrible thing to say. I know. Why I'm glad you I'm glad your bloodhound didn't die really fast, but I heard like <laughs> I'm so sorry. You've been reading too much brutal Kyoto, dude. <laughs> I know. So they go and uh <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough about dead dogs. Um <laughs> Hey, are you having a great day? Moving dead dogs. On, moving on. <laughs> they go and uh infiltrate um Governor T's bunker. Luxurious, he's in pajamas. And he, there's a child in there. And Kiyoshi is like, 
where's your fucking dad? And he's like, my father. He's like, I am Governor T. Blah, blah, blah. So, plot twist. Laugi wants her to kill a kid. Doesn't it say that he's like... Is he? I, I picture him like the same age as Lek, probably. It like, is. Like 12. And Laugi, Laugi relates him to, to, Lek, to Lek. Because... Yeah. Because he tells her, he's like, he's like, he might be a child, but he's old enough to make his own fucking decisions. Yeah. And he has failed. And Laugi's he's like, like, kill him. He's like, you, he's like, you don't, you see Lek as a man. You see him capable of making his own choices. Why don't you see it with him? Well, he's like, kill him. And then Kiyoshi grabs him by the throat and she's like, how old are you? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he eventually breaks and he's like, he's 15. Oh, okay. So and I actually think that's exactly Lex's age because Kiyoshi's 17 and he's just slightly younger. He's probably 15. Makes sense, yeah. And Kiyoshi tells Governor T, he's, he's begging for his life, please don't kill me. She's like, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna do here. I'm going to execute the plan that I was meant to today. Holding him. Blast Laogi back into the fucking oh, into the chamber. I forgot about this. Yeah, air blast. You forgot about this? I forgot. Oh about yeah, this, she dude. tricks tricks Laogi, blasts him with airbending. The first time we see uh, Kiyoshi airbend and blasts him into the room. Now that's where it does another cutaway, and it flashes back to um, before Kiyoshi started waterbending training with Karima. R- Ranji and her went out and Ranji was like, listen, I just want you to try to airbend anything, like a small breeze, anything, just so we can keep the avatar cycle in line. Oh, in the in order Because you're in supposed you to learn them. the elements in a certain order. Yeah. So um, they have like a, I mean, she can't do it. And then they have a romantic moment. And the the leaves around her start floating, oh. and she begins to she begins to airbend. And she she says in the she's like I feel like I can feel Kel saying, oh, and like man. I can I can see him smiling down on me. And I love I love that this is how Kiyoshi learns airbending because it's in a moment where she's with Ranji and she feels free, mm-hmm. and that is the spirit of airbending is the freedom is the is is you have you have ability to the sky is yours yeah you like know? the emotional it's, attachment right. to that freedom is what lends right. her the ability right to bend actually well the air nomads aren't even That's emotionally true. attached they're detached yeah i mean released from your earthly tethers yeah become wind <laughs> Great. Even better than Jeanne, the best villain of all time. Yeah, is it here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Okay. All, right. all right. So. Uh, well, let's sh- talk about this real quick, though, because uh, it seems like every time Kiyoshi has a breakthrough with her bending, it's directly related. To Ranji. To, well, because Ron, Ranji's like the, I guess Ranji's kind of like the catalyst for a lot of these emotions, mm-hmm. right? And, and. We're seeing that the brutalness of Kiyoshi that she has, like, I, I it's just it's way different than I thought I would be than I would experience in the book. It's, it, the brutalness that she deals out is out of nothing but pure love for it's emotion. Yeah, 
It's like and sometimes it's, it's anger. It's because she cares, right? Right. right. And sometimes it is anger, but it's because it's not like she's just bloodthirsty on a war. Right. Path. It's derived from it's passion. Y- yeah. It's derived from a good source. Now you can you can be passionately angry at someone mm-hmm. if someone hurts someone you love, and you're like, "I'll fucking kill that person." That anger and passion comes out of stems out of the love you have for the person that was harmed. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I love and you. And we even I see love, that yeah. later in the book. We'll get into a right. good example of right. that. But it makes me think about like uh, Aang's experience with learning the elements, right? Like we didn't really, with the exception of his relationship with Katara hmm. and unlocking his chakras so that he can enter the avatar state, which is separate than just the ability to bend period, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Like we didn't really see this like level of emotional struggle with really any any of the any of the avatars that we know about so far. I mean, Korra, you can say had that problem, but it wasn't necessarily with bending for her. Mm. It was just she was struggling emotionally with being the avatar. You know what? You know what? I don't think we've ever discussed is, you know, like the the Force, Star Wars. Yeah. Is. No, what Star Wars? Can be shut the fuck up. <laughs> can be uh like emotion can channel it and change it, make it stronger. It's actually the same with bending. Emotion behind bending or lack of emotion or lack of emotion, right? It does influence the bending. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. I never like I never you know we never really I never really thought about thought about that. Yeah, but yeah. that's definitely. That's definitely like a common thing going on across all Avatar is that the amount of emotion is is a source of power. Yeah. We only really have seen it in... No, we've seen it plenty. No, well, I mean, what I'm saying is the the most prominent example of it is... Avatar when, State. Avatar State. Right. That's right. the only time we... Re- but like to see it on the ability to bend basis, but, just but on even the small things. Right. But even um, you think about Katara facing down with the man that killed her mother. Yeah. And she stops that fucking storm. And she's like, <sighs> like, you know, that emotion, that anger is is driving her bending. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's weird so that it's, it's not never... it's not just the avatar. The most prominent, you know, is emotion triggers the avatar state. Yeah. But it's not just that. It's it's across all benders. Yeah. And you think. Like, off the top of my head, I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense for firebenders. You know what I mean? Right. But it's really everything. It's everything. It's everything. And mm-hmm. then on the opposite end of the spectrum is airbending, which is... Free. Yeah. Which is detachment. Detachment of that emotion. Right. And, oh, that's a good That's a good uh, little yeah. topic point. Uh-huh. That's good. I like that. That's why we started an Avatar <laughs> podcast, because we just love talking about Avatar. It, Holy it shit. It goes deep, dude. It goes deep. Holy shit. So anyway, Kiyoshi starts running off with General Governor T over her shoulder. Laugi's chasing after her. And as they exit the bunker, Laugi's right on her tail. And Kiyoshi starts boop, 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 dust stepping. They were training on it earlier. And she failed every time, quote unquote. And Laugi was like, oh, okay. So that was all bullshit. (laughs) Like she can do it. She can do it. So they succeed in their mission. They've freed this prisoner. Um, he's he's bundled up 
he has a face mask on, like a like a sack over his head. Wong's holding him over the shoulder. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Damn it. All right, we'll just cut 28 to 29. She flees with the governor. And Kiyoshi does? Yeah, and she puts him on an ostrich horse. Oh, nice. And he's like, I just saw you earthbend and airbend. <laughs> and she's like, yep. She's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm the avatar. <laughs> so if you keep fucking going the way you are, if you keep doing the shit you are, I am going to come back here and assassinate you. Oh, this is And you should know I will keep my word because I'm the fucking avatar. You're right. I am the fucking avatar. And she goes on to say that, like, you need to start caring for your people. You need to quit exploiting them for their land. Right. You need to, like, I want to see a 100, a 180 turnaround on yeah. this place yep. starting tomorrow. Right. And I'll be checking in on you. Actually, what happens yeah. is, like, when she first, she he's like, he's like, Thank you for sparing me. And she smacks him across the face. <laughs> She's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm not sparing you. Like, I'm not sparing you. Like bitch. she is. I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I will kill you. You're not free yet. You still have work yeah. to do. So it goes back. Uh, they be, they basically completed their mission now because um, they have the escape prisoner. They broke him out. Uh, he's slung over Wong's shoulder he's got a sack over his head they meet up with they go and meet back with mock he's like what the fuck was that trench bullshit what the and they're like we improvise he's like yeah you deviate from the plan what's up yeah uh a bunch of my dudes got killed <laughs> well that was their fault yeah that was their fault well it was their fault for bringing non-benders who believe they were impervious to bending right. to a fight with earth benders but anyway, right whatever yeah. fucking idiots it's hilarious hey, nobody ever accused the dow five being smart people okay nobody ever said that nope nope and when mock meets the prisoner he welcomes him as like an elder and they're like who the fuck is this guy it's his older brother Zhu. And and he's like, why did it take you eight years to fucking get me out? He's like, now we'll we'll be back. T- now I'm in charge. And Mock turns into a pussy when oh, he yeah. starts. Like when cowers. he starts, yeah. Immediately, this guy takes control. Oh, the Flying Opera Company is like, oh fuck, like this is not good. The uh, what are they called? The what's the, the game called? The Yellow Necks. No, no, no. The Moon Blossoms. Oh, yeah. Or something like that. Orange Blossoms. I think it's Moon. Oh. But uh, all of a sudden, they start, they reach into their pockets, they pull out yellow scarves, and they're the remnants of the yellow necks. And and like Zhu. A, a brutal faction of, like an ultra brutal, merciless faction. Right. Of who, the Dalphire. Who basically John Zhu destroyed with right. at Zulu Pass. But yeah, that's where he, that's where Gianzu got his name for the Butcher of Zulu Passes when correct. he fought this guy's Yellow Necks crew and killed half of them. All right. And imprisoned the leader. And his name is Zhu, G, Zhu. X, U. X, U. X, U, I think it's, I think it's U. U, Ping? U, Ping, On. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> that's, that's the name. U, Ping, On. Oh, is there a line? Is there a third? I on, A, N, at the end. <laughs> 
We're gonna fuck so many fucking. Oh, dude, up. it's it's you know it's a it's a fact at this point that we're gonna right. get them all wrong. So now Yuping is free. The, so okay, so they're the flying opera company is like we don't want anything to do with these dudes. Like these are not your traditional Daofi outlaws. They're actually out for blood. They're like radicals. Yeah, yeah, they're like the far extremists on, right. on the spectrum, right? Uh, like I said, we learned about the Zulu Pass. Over three hundred Daofi died not, in the battle. Not to mention. The Fine Opera Company has been trying to get out of this since they were in that town. Yeah, they thought like, they had to just yeah. appease Uncle yeah, right. Mock real quick right. and then be done. Do the job and be out. And now they're like, oh shit, we just released a beast, basically, right. with this mission. And uh, Kyoshi, so so they, uh, the, as they're seeing this, Kyoshi's like, okay, we need to get up to safety. So they go up into, they take Peng Peng, they all get up there. Karima creates a cloud of... Uh, a cloud, uh, yeah. <laughs> a cloud of cloud. <laughs> no, I mean I was gonna say she creates a cloud around them, and <laughs> a cloud of cloud. A cloud of no, it's just cloud. <laughs> Not gonna believe this made out of cloud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to hide Pang Pang and them, and they're watching this all go down, and they hear, they see that these yellow necks are now turning on the village, and plundering. And yeah, they're they're basically out for blood. Exactly what they set out to do, and and uh, Uncle Two. Or zoo, or how are you? You is uh is like on a war path right out the gate, right? And they're like, oh shit! They secure. They see him go into a building, and they hear screaming going in there, going down. So they fly down. Kyoshi's like, no, we need to, we need to intervene right now. Karimo's like, no, we need to get out of here. Like it's not your fight. It's not our fight. We did what we came here to do. Mission's done. Let's get out of here. Kyoshi, being the avatar, is like, no way. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's so she duty. goes down there, and uh, Ranji's actually kind of proud of Kyoshi at this point because she's like, oh, look at this. Finally. For the first time, Ranji's actually approving of Kyoshi's action. She goes, oh, you're actually doing what you should be doing as the Avatar, and that's saving innocent people. So right. they go down there, and General, or General, he like he wants you. to be referred to as an uncle, though. That's, He's an uncle, so, yeah. yeah. Uncle He's you. an elder. Um is uh, basically sitting in the room reading a book. They got the husband tied up over a pot of boiling water, like out of some Acme cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it is very <laughs> Looney Tunes. <laughs> it is, dude. We're like, ha, 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 boiling water. He's about to be dipped in. Yeah. He died. And the, like, uh, but Looney Tunes. And, the, uh, and the, uh, the mom and the son of the house are both on the ground crying, right. shackled up, hands tied behind right. their back. And Kyoshi's like, uh uh-uh, uh, this ain't happening. She actually challenges Uncle to to a Lao Tai. Or Li Tai. I think Lita. we said Li Tai. L E I T A I. Yeah. Another L A I. I think it's Li whatever. Lai Tai. So she challenges him and I love this because she's like he's like, Well, you can't just challenge anybody to a Li Tai. You like it has to be a, like you have to be disrespected. He goes, How did I disrespect you, Kyoshi? And she goes your existence disrespects me. <laughs> yes. I love that. Like, it's like, it's like you ever have those feelings in your head where you're just like, you know what? Fuck you in particular. Yeah. Like, specifically, I just, just fuck you, dude. Don't want nothing to do I don't, with you. I, I'm like, I hope we never, ever, ever cross paths again. Because, you know, I just fuck you. That's what she's got for you right now. I mean, he's an awful person. It's actually justified, but yeah. but she's like, mm, no, I like 
I decided I'm not leaving here until I personally just fuck you up. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on. That's what's going on. And he's like, okay. He goes, fine. He's, he's totally confident. He goes, all right, let's do it. He goes, uh, bending or non-bending? And she's like, and, and he goes into detail. She's like, well, she wanted to use every tool at her disposal mm-hmm. to bring hurt on this dude. Right. She, she's like, bending. And he's like, okay. So we we have, I imagine he is like, you ever seen that movie Snatch? Oh, Brad Pitt's ago, character. I haven't seen it. In he's a like bit. the pikey. And he's like, he's this little scrawny dude, but he's, he's just got this power punch. Yeah. And he's just like, like calmly com- overconfident. That's how I picture you. Yeah. You. He's yeah. just like, he's like, okay, yep, we can do this. You have to keep in mind, he's been in prison for eight years. He didn't see what went down before this. He didn't see how he got rescued. He just thinks he's going up against some Earth. Yeah, he doesn't know Earth she's Avatar. Avatar. Does he know she's no. Avatar? No. Was that not revealed in this conversation or did... There was no... Because Mock doesn't know. There's no context. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No one in the... The only people that know are the flying opera company. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Okay, so yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. He never realized he was going up against the Avatar. And they start fighting. So obviously the Avatar just immediately marks his ass. Oh, wait. You would think so. You would think so. So she draws out her fans and gets into uh, some kind of stance. I think it was like a horse stance or something like that. Uh, and uh, she's getting ready to battle this dude, not thinking too much about it. You know, she knows she's going up against a, a, another bender. She is so set on kicking this guy's ass. Yeah. That she did, she's. They're both overly confident at this point. Correct. And what we see is that two, or you, excuse me, Uncle Yu, uh, lightning bends and hits her fans and basically incapacitates her immediately. And everyone is like, what What, just happened? What the shit? What just happened? And so let's talk about the Dao Fi. I imagine the quest. The being becoming a leader of a Dao Fi segment like the Yolnex is who's the toughest guy in the room. Yeah. And I think you it's clear he's the leader because he can fucking lightning bend. And this is two hundred years before Avatar. So and I mean we see it calmly in Korra, and we find out later this is very rare at the time. Yeah. Ranji even says she's like there are only a few people that can even confirm it exists, let alone right, do it. Right. And I don't – so this is why you was imprisoned, actually. We find out later about that, but I can't remember specifically where. But when when Jianzu killed a bunch of Yonex, they uh, – he basically gave you to be imprisoned so the Fire Nation could study him. Yeah. And study his lightning Learn bending so better understand him. it. Yeah. Which is and, pretty cool. And, like, in his head, he's like, I should have fucking killed that. I really wanted to kill that guy. <laughs> like, you know, and John, John's is like, I, uh, damn it. I really wanted to fucking kill him. <laughs> but John's you a know? tactician. He is uses that as leverage to right. gain So now he favor has favor in the Fire Nation. In the Fire Nation. He's fucking, fucking smart, dude. I love John. So one little fact about Uncle you, real quick, is that uh, it talks about this after the battle. But while we're on the subject of you being just as who, who he is in the world as a person. She, uh, Kyoshi did not know that he was a firebender because he didn't have golden amber eyes. 
So she had uh, no idea that he was of that he was capable of kind of racist. <laughs> it's prejudiced, at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's bensist. But it is. It is like that. That is. That's like a. I mean, obviously, it's an art animation thing that they've had to like take into canon and explain. Mm-hmm. Like, waterbenders have blue eyes. Earthbenders have green eyes. Firebenders have amber eyes. Airbenders have gray eyes. Um, right, and you, which gray was eyes. which was a, it, it's done for art. It's the artistic it's a visual representation. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So, and then it's, but they like how to like back canon it and be like everyone, you know, anybody could really be a firebender. Right. Anybody can be a waterbender. Right. Anybody could be an air. Their eye color is not 100% of the time. But you see, this is the thing that was it. But it's so common that it is. Isn't that weird? Well, just in the same way that nobody knew about lightning bending. This is the first time Kyoshi's finding out that a firebender can be a non-golden-eyed person, you know? I'm sorry. I just remember this meme about, like, like, you know how in every nation they just wear, like, the water nation always wears blue. Yeah. Like fucking Fire Nation red, green in the Earth King. So it's just like it's like, hey, welcome to Canada. Here's a purple shirt. Everyone <laughs> wears purple here. Like, like you have no choice. You're wearing purple. That's how it would be if you joined the Air Nomads. Um, imagine if it was IRL. How how that would be IRL. That's exactly how it works in the Air Nomads, because you don't have to be a bender to be an Air Nomad. No, 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 that's right. All the Air Nomads are benders. I take that back. That's yeah. that's post Cora Air Notion where they let everybody in. Right. I, okay. What Those are like sages and shit. Yeah. But that's, that's it's like welcome that, to Canada. That's totally different. Here's your purple shirt. <laughs> Here's your purple shirt. Everyone here just it's wears the only purple. one you're allowed to wear. Yep. Yeah. Don't you dare wear an orange shirt here. No, no. That's Denmark. <laughs> orange? <laughs> They'd be like, Orange, are you from Denmark? <laughs> so the chapter picks up Kyoshi's getting shocked the fuck out of. And she uh, is straight up getting killed. Um, she's dying. Not a hero. And, and that's how the book ends. Here <laughs> <laughs> she dies. And that's the end of the book. Um, anyway, in the rise, it's about uh, it's about her funeral. The whole book goes over her funeral and finding the next after. Now, um, he says, but while he's killing her, he's basically like he's having like the bad guy moment where he's like, you fool. You know, he's making that speech. <laughs> Giving a long speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says, what he says to me, he's like, men like me are beyond judgment and I do as I please. And as you're reading that, you're just like, oh, that's great. You're totally about to get fucked up, dude. <laughs> like, you are totally about to get fucking killed. And what she hears is... Ranji crying out in horror, like hopelessly, please stop, please, you know. And it's it's funny because Kyoshi realizes she hears the helplessness in Ranji's voice, and she's like, Ranji is such a strong person. I put that the the hopelessness, the love that she has for me, I put that in her. Put a weakness in her. I put a weakness in Ranji. Mm-hmm. I will not let that absorb. I will not let her be absorbed by that weakness. I will not be that weakness. 
She grabs uh, you by the ankle as he's get as he's shocking her, which shocks him. Well, and she says even to herself in this scene that uh, she didn't. She put the weakness in Ranji, but two was torturing her by right by uh, lightning in Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi. She's like, I'm not the one being injured right now. It's Ranji her. is right. So there's a moment of selflessness. Right. And then, as we know, we already know what's coming. I love how they write it. In I love how FCE writes it in the book. He says, her eyes were leaking, not tears, but light. Like, oh, this is it. Kiyoshi av- enters the Avatar state. and Again, emotion-driven. Yeah, emotion-driven. Lifts Zhu up. You up, Zhu, whatever. <laughs> God damn it. Um, in like this airbending spiral. Yeah, they like both levitate off yeah. the ground. Yeah. Now as she flashes into the Avatar state, the fields around her light on fire. She lights them on fire. She's even like the Dalphi, their yellow neck scarves caught fire. <laughs> like <laughs> People started burning alive and shit. She starts hot, murdering dude. all these people. <laughs> <laughs> she kills so many fucking people. <laughs> and 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 uh she's she's talking about how she imagined the Avatar state would control her, but it's just the influence of the the past lives and she and a lot of them disagreed with what she was about to do being kill you. And she's like, I let them disagree. Yeah, I she, let them disagree. She's like, she knows she 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 feels the influence of a right. like earlier in her first Avatar state. She feels the influence of a thousand voices. Some of them disagreeing with her, and she lets them disagree. Right. She chooses she's like, her own path. I like how she's it like, describes the Avatar state as she is in control, mm-hmm. but she's just not. She has this flowing power through her. But she is in control, and uh, and there's something amazing where where uh, she str- she starts strangling Zhu, you, and uh, just roll with one or the other. Yeah, man. I know, Pick I know, <laughs> I know. And he spits fire at her, and she goes, nods her head to the side, and just <laughs> diverts it. Yeah. No, 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 like. Not like to miss it. She she goes redirects it. She redirects it oh, with a with a nice. with a fucking nod of her head. His last his last power in him. He's like God blast you in the face. Everything she's like he's got. She's like nothing. Boop gone. I, what I love about Kiyoshi in the Avatar state right now is that just like you were saying, like we get to see the the thought process as they enter the avatar state. Right. And we kind of see this earlier. You never see this in the, in the show, in the show, but you see it in other instances of Kyoshi tapping into the avatar state. Right. None to this level. This is the first time she's like full blown avatar Mm -hmm. state, but you get to see that like they're immediately connected with the past avatar lives. Right. And and they can draw from that influence. Which she's never connected to before. She's never... Yeah. Well, well, I mean, she's entered the Avatar state once, but I feel like the first time against Yanzu, that was uncontrolled. This one is controlled. Yeah. And she's choosing to ignore them. Right. 
in her first time being truly connected with them, she's choosing to ignore them. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> she's like, fuck you. It's it's everything that Kyoshi is in every aspect of the book. She does not deviate from who she really is, and that right. is carving her own path. Right. And this scene just like brings it all together in the avatar state. And it's so iconic that Kyoshi's the earthbender, so <laughs> she's carving her own cat path, literally. <laughs> well, she's at least carving a trench. With right, Rocky. right. <laughs> so she releases you from her grip, and he is dead. Yeah, doesn't she? Uh, does she suck the air out of him, or does she mm, strangle him? No, I think she fucking. I think she crushes his fucking neck. Um. Oh. With their scarred, burnt hands, brutal from the lightning. Um, as she, as everything simmers down, actually that full way, the lieutenant, he's just standing there in awe, and he gives her like this respectful Dalphi bow, and he's like, don't and break, she, don't break my other hand, yeah, and she's like, <laughs> flee, like, and then everyone runs. Yeah. But it's funny that like this guy hated her the whole time, and then now he's like, oh fuck, like. He's basically worshiping her at this point now. Well, and we'll get into why. He's like, you are the strongest fucking being I've ever seen in my life. And that's what the Dalphi that's respect. That's way. Yeah. Yes. Well, and technically, so so now the fight's over, right? She killed. This is her first kill, by the way. This is the first. I wanted to talk about this. I have a big problem with it. So let's get into it. So okay. what, what is your so, gripe with, with, with two, and let's just say it explicitly. So with two being her first kill. Okay. So this is Laogi has a problem with it too. We'll I talk have, about that. I just I feel like a from a writing a story from a story writing perspective, you have two characters here being Jianzu and Mok that have been built up to to be antagonists of Kyoshi. Kyoshi has a fucking problem with these two guys. And the whole story in general is built up to being like, is Kiyoshi going to kill? Is Kiyoshi going to kill or not? And you kind of know, you know, she's going to. Mm-hmm. So then they introduced you for like a chapter. And we know who he is. We know about the yellow necks. Yeah, well, we know is who they are we, as, yeah. as, as far as Dalphi. And we know this guy is a bad guy, but what they did is just introduce this character, and then that ended up being Kiyoshi's first kill, and I feel like that doesn't carry any weight. She had no emotional attachment to the kill? No, no. Yeah. No, whereas if you had, I mean, obviously, Jianzu's number one, mm-hmm. but even she said, she said when she first met Uncle Mok, she was like, you're on my hit list now. Yeah. It could have it could have been either of those people. You were waiting for the big epic battle at the end where things go all out. Right. And and we finally get to see Kiyoshi doing right. what she set out to and do. And seek her vengeance and like and, her killing. And but it's like I don't feel I don't feel any attachment yeah. to this. Yeah. Do you what do you what do you think? See, I kind of uh I agree with that, but the first thing that comes to mind is exactly Lao Gi's gripe with the with the whole thing, right? And Lao Gi's issue with Kyoshi, and he talks to her about this after the fight, is that she should have, like, 
her first kill should have been the kid in his eyes. Like, it was all about just the blood and not about doing the right thing. Right. So I think what we're seeing with Kiyoshi, and this is just kind of coming off the top as we're talking about it, right? And kind of my first initial inclination is that uh, although Kiyoshi has this drive for revenge, she has to do what's right as the Avatar. And Mm. what was right as the Avatar was to kill too. Right, right. You're right. So even though it wasn't the revenge that she was seeking. Only judgment will bring peace. <laughs> exactly. I love Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi will kill a motherfucker. Well, yeah. She, she wasn't at this moment. It wasn't about her anymore. Right. It was about the safety of everybody else. And that's her responsibility as the Avatar. Mm. So although we didn't get that big revenge battle as her first kill, we got her first kill as a step forward in her avatarhood. Right. Okay. Okay. I still, I'm still mad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you see where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah. On yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it, it's it's still imp- uh, from a like you said from a story writing perspective, it's still. Important. It just didn't really make sense to me to no, write, they write the story. Okay. Like I, so if you if there was more backstory on this guy, maybe it would you know if there's some kind of personal connection. I feel no weight. For this character. Yeah. As a matter of fact, as soon as he got introduced, I was like, he's going to die. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like. Well, as soon as he said that I am above law and consequence, yeah. you know. Before we move <laughs> forward, I did want to. I have it on my notes here. Um, while she's about to kill that motherfucker, she says, uh, you forget you. There is, there is always someone who stands above you in judgment. And this is her saying this in the Avatar state. Oh, yeah. So it's like a million voices, a thousand voices ring out. It's scary. There's always one. And uh, I think we see something like that in the next book. Oh, definitely. We get into that Uh, real nice. Yeah. All right. Take it, Clark. (laughs) So the battle's done, right? So they're good. Yep. So uh, Kyoshi, she kind of collapses after the Avatar state, as a lot of the Avatars do in their first, like, real Avatar. So basically, the conflict with the Dalphi is done now. Yeah. She just fucking scattered them. Yeah. She killed their leader, scattered them. They have no ties to the Dalphi. She's just recovering now. They. Oh, she actually passes out at the end of the chapter. Yeah. She she faints. She She comes out of it. Because, I mean, she just got lightning the fuck out of it. Well, and the the strain that it takes to get to right, the after when right. you when you can't really control it. Right, and before that, she was getting like Chancellor Palpatine. So it was just like every time we saw Aang go into the Avatar state before he willingly went into the Avatar state, there's always a collapse afterwards. Right in the body. Right, and so uh, she's recovering, and she wakes up, and Lek is in the room with her. And uh, and they're talking. And that's just by chance, right? It's not like Lek was by your side the whole time. No, it wasn't like that. But the, I feel like the fine opera company, it was probably Ranji. Somebody's like, just, we got to keep an eye on her. Let's take shifts. Yeah. Lek, yeah. you're up. It wasn't, it wasn't one of those things like, Lek has been by your side the whole time. No. 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 But at the same time, with the conversation that they have makes you think, like, maybe he, he was at least concerned. And what they go into is that, like, Kyoshi is like, really grateful for him to even just for one be there when she wakes up but then also really like appreciative and she doesn't know how to she's like okay i need to use this moment where i'm alone with leg right to uh squash this beef squash this thing with she, with my mom she fine yeah and she in this moment finally feels 
she comes to it by herself that she's like, I'm not angry at Lek. I'm angry at my parents. I'm not angry at Lek. Yeah, Lek's on my side. Yeah. And she's like, we need to squash this. We're fucking, we're Dalphi family. So in in her she comes to that. untactful what she? way, she's like, uh, uh, you're really good at throwing rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. You're, you're really good. That's, that's the best she can do. Well, think about it. Think about somebody you have a conflict with and you don't know how to approach them. That's not like you, you think too much about it to where you make it awkward. Right. right? Like you could have just been like, Hey, let's watch right. this. But no, she's like trying to be tactful and it, and it actually works against herself. Like if you're too awkward. stoned and you're trying to socialize <laughs> and you're just the worst. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, you're really good at throwing rocks. Like, how'd you get so good at throwing rocks? Lad? Uh, is your dad tall? <laughs> uh, my dad's taller than your dad. <laughs> what? Exactly. Anyway, um, and Lek actually gets kind of solemn, and this is kind of sad. So Lek explains to her that uh, the reason why he's so good at throwing rocks is because his before he was found by the Flying Opera Company, her parents and Kyoshi's parents specifically, um, he him and his buddy were brother. Uh, what is it? His brother? Brother? Yeah, older brother. No, that's right. He's right. His older brother. Um, we're just kind of running the streets. They stealing. were uh, big. It's actually no. You know where I think they lived was the um, oasis in Avatar. I think I, I think yeah. they mentioned that they lived over there in the slums of the oh, okay. outside of that oasis um, that they go to in the desert. Yeah, but it's nothing. It's like nothing in Avatar. But this is two hundred years before, so is maybe more legit. prosperous. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. where they. And live. and the older brother gets caught stealing lychee nuts, uh, and the mayor or the governor or wh- whoever's in charge of that town uh, sentenced the the kid to death, right? And hangs him up in a cage to die, like literally hangs him in the air as a symbol right. of like, right? You will die if you steal. Very archaic, medieval. Yeah, well, we're talking like, like to you starve said, to we're death, talking heat, to dehydrate. We're talking you know. about a world two hundred years before, right? Right. The Avatar world that we know. It's really sad. It's gonna be brutal. It's super sad. And so, Lek, being the at the time much younger than he is now, we're talking maybe five, six years old, probably. I would say we'll put him somewhere in that time. We'll say ten years ago. Uh, is throwing rocks at the lock. Or the hinge that held the cage up so that he could free his brother. Right. Hold up. I am going to say, so I think Kiyoshi found Kelsang and them. Like, that happened when she was seven. I think I think it says seven. So you're right. Like, so ten, ten, 10 years ago. About 10 years ago. So that means Lek is She was five. abandoned by her parents. They picked Lek up after. So it was nine, ten years ago. Yeah. If, if we assume that happened shortly after they abandoned In the Kiyoshi. same area. Yeah, right. Same time frame. So yeah. so we got a young four, five, six year old Lek somewhere in there. Uh yeah, he's like five, six. And uh and he's throwing rocks at the at the cage to try to free his brother and Day and night, and I believe the people of the town were like making fun of him. Yeah. They're like, You fucking rat. Like you're you're nothing, you know. His brother ended up dying. Right. And the flying upper company specifically, Kyoshi's parents, took Lek under their wing and f- flew off with him right on their bison and lek vowed this is why he's so good at 
throwing rocks now. He vowed to never miss another shot. He'll never miss a bad throw. Isn't it funny that like you have Kiyoshi's awkwardness just being like, you're really good at throwing rocks. And he's like, let me tell you a story. <laughs> and this is everything you'll ever need to know about me. <laughs> I will never miss a fucking shot. Well, it's good because what comes out of this conversation is that Kiyoshi and Lek, the beef is squashed now. She doesn't. She well, and what she says to him is that if it wasn't gonna be me, at least it was you. Right, right. That was raised by and her parents. To me, when I read this, you know, the Dao Fai, they have these codes, but they they literally call each other uncle or whatever. They treat each other like family. Mm-hmm. I think in this moment, closer than anyone else, Kiyoshi and Lek are like brother and sister. Oh, in okay. this moment, yeah. it was like. This accepting love for one another that I'm like, I feel like Kiyoshi is now closer to Lek than any other member of the Flying Opera Company. She, you're like, she's like, you know, as much as she disagrees with being a Daofi, she's like, you are my brother. Yeah. It's not, she doesn't just have a respect for him at this point. They have a love for each other. Right. And it's, it's like, uh. As strong as it would be almost for Rangi. I feel like for Ranji, I feel like this was the moment, you know, Lek stepped up in her book. And she's like, you know what? Kiyoshi's the type of person, if she loves you, she'll do fucking everything, like, for you. Yeah. You know? Well, and speaking of Ranji, so as Lek is, Lek is like, all right, all right, all right. Let's not get too mushy here. I'm going to go grab somebody you actually want to talk to. I'm going to go get Ranji. Right, I like how they're still like, fuck you. Yeah. At the end, they're like, oh, by the way, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, and I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah just like uh, that meme. And, uh, and, uh, and he, I love this line, because he's like, before he leaves the room, he goes, hey, do you think I uh, have a, sh- a shot with Ranji? <laughs> <laughs> Brother. He's a brother. He's he just he's became family. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Kyoshi just kind of like laughs him out of the room. Right. And right. Uh, and the him and Ranji both return, and that's that's really where it's got. It's a short chapter in the book, and that's that's really where it kind of ends on that. One. one of the best chapters in the book, to be honest. It really is because really it, there's chapter. a lot of like emotional depth in that one. Yeah. With Lek and Ron yeah. and Kyoshi, yeah. it's good. Um. Next, we go. It actually pans over to fucking Janzu and Hiran, and they're discussing. Like a little flashback? No, it's an aside. It's oh. happening simultaneously. Okay. And they're discussing Jianzu, quote unquote, comes clean. And they basically accept defeat. Like he ran is ready to accept defeat. And defeat in the sense that they don't have- that they cannot find the Avatar yeah. or her daughter. And Jianzu's like he's like, the Avatar might have or she still thinks it's Avatar Yoon, doesn't she? Or does he come clean in the sense he tells her it's Kiyoshi? Yeah. Okay, that's that's yeah. what happens. And and he's like he's like, no matter what, I don't care about my my power. I don't care what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring your daughter back. Yeah. She's like, Thank you, Jianzu. She was the room and he's Jianzu's like Anyway, snake. I'm not gonna do that. Like Yeah. So that was a lie. <laughs> Um, and, uh, what's happening is, is they know in a couple weeks, um, the earth bending sages, the, 
the people with political power are coming to pay John Zhu a visit, and it will be they want to know what's going on with the Avatar that no one's been reporting, and and basically, he's like they're gonna try to strip me of my power, but he's like I have this person, this person, this person on my side. I can politically shift it to my advantage. Well, instead of a couple weeks out, a bunch of sages show up at his doorstep in a caravan. Yeah, and not he's necessarily like, oh, sages, but just like fuck. influential political figures. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They all and he's like, God Shit. fucking damn it. And Auntie Moy is like, what should I prepare? And he's like, just tea. He's like, this will be short, you know. And they all come in. And it's it's led by Hui, H-U-I, Hui, mm-hmm. um, who was... We've talked about him before. Yeah, we saw in the yeah. uh, previous chapters was yeah. another apprentice, I guess you could say. Of under Beifong. Under, under uh, Lord Beifong. Yeah. And he's his, I think he's his current apprentice, too. He's still serving under Beifong. Yeah. Whereas Jianzu's, like, graduated and become a real man. And, like, this guy's, like, just stroking him off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's on ball duty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's on ball, ball sweat duty. Um, and... He looks around at all these sages and, you know, invites them in. And they start they start calling Janzu out about his failure to train the Avatar and they should be they should be in charge. They all think it's still fucking Yoon, by the way. Yeah. And and he's like he's like, You fucking he's like, You don't think I see right through this? You brought just enough people to vote me out of power. Everyone in this room fucking hates me. There's yeah, he, no, he, he, there's no debate. He didn't bring anybody know? that liked John. Right, right. It's it's it was, it was un it's unfair politics. Yeah. Because he brought a room full of people that fucking hate him just enough to get a vote, and um, they're all you know drinking tea. And Jianzu's like, what? Jianzu starts feeling weird, and he's like, what the fuck did you do to me? What? Jianzu passes out. He looks over at Heyran. Heyran passes out passed out fucking the whole fucking party of people pass out i don't know if they explain this later but that was just the red wedding that's what just happened (laughs) okay okay i I think i think it's explained later but i just want to explain it now fuck it johnsu just fucking poisoned everyone that's what he did drank the poison the the poison was in the tea Yep. He fucking killed every motherfucker in there. He has poison training from a mock. Yeah. The same way Yoon had. Yeah. He did, so he knew he could survive it. He later uh, relents about the fact that he ran, got caught up in it, yeah. that he had to poison her. And he's like, if only I had more time, I could have saved her. But she was a necessary cause for killing all these motherfuckers. Dude, and this is what. He knew he could live. I was going to kill Every single when we find here. out about the reason why he poisoned Hayran, in that he didn't, to him, Hayran was just a tool for executing a move. When they were supposed to be friends, and he was willing to sacrifice her life for some minuscule political gain or to loot. To, That's the thing. He That's was willing the thing. to loot to, to kill her. Does not have. He does have. He's a self-preservationist. Yes, all he yes, cares about. Yes, is is. Is where his, is his status and his power? And his his, his life is is a fucking is a strategy board. Yeah. Is a chess board. You know, pie, strategy pie show board. Yeah, pie show board. Sorry, <laughs> he's strategy. This, yeah, maybe he loves this white lotus tile, but if it if it 
if it gets knocked, I don't know how it works. If it gets knocked out or whatever, he's okay. he's like, yeah. this is all part of the. This is so I can do this. Yeah, he was. He's willing to sacrifice literally anything. Anything to maintain. His He'll power. kill the fucking avatar if he has to. Oh yeah, yeah. He well, I think we've even talked about this. That's why earlier. I love John Zoo. He would kill the avatar just so he gets a position to help raise the next avatar. Right. You know, we've never really had a villain in Avatar quite like John Zoo. Maybe. Maybe um, season two, Korra, the water, uh, what's his name? Unawak. Yeah. Unawak, because he was a, or, or Kavira too. Shit. All right, maybe we have. No, Kavira, but I feel like was more I'm noble. Ta- but what I want to say is just a villain that has so much like influence on the world. Whereas like like the Firelord Orzai, that was very divided. Mm-hmm. He was a He was a conqueror, everyone outside of that. But, but. To the world, Jonzu was like a stand-up guy. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the same with Kavira. I'll say definitely Kavira and definitely Unawak too. Okay. Yeah, so I would I say r- with Kavira though is that she actually wanted – she just wanted unity in the Earth Kingdom. Well, But she, she wanted to she be was, in charge of that unity. Whereas Jonzu, right, she was, he's um, more global with his with his objectives. Right, right. Like. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I started saying. that by saying, like, we've never seen this before. I'm like, wait, yeah, we have. I was totally wrong. Totally wrong. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, Red Wedding, boom. It's actually on you. So everyone there fucking dies. Yeah, just brutal, dude. Brutal in the uh, Kyoshi fashion as everything happens is just like right. super extreme in the book. Uh, so then it comes back. So now we're back in the room where Kyoshi's healing after her battle with uh, two, two, you, two. two. <laughs> Three names. <laughs> and uh, and uh, she's kind of like struggling with she's, – she's up on her feet now. You know, she's got obviously got scars on her hand. She's self-conscious about them. She's talking. She's thinking about it, and she's kind of reminiscing, or not necessarily reminiscing, but she's just thinking about her life overall from here on out. And she goes, you know, she's kind of like wondering, like, is she going to be the the judge, Avatar, jury, yeah, yeah, executioner? Yeah. Like, is she going to get to decide fates for people? Like, she doesn't want that kind of burden. And Laugi kind of explains to her, he's like, you know, this is the responsibility of the Avatar. It's only going to get worse from here. Like it's, I, it's not a part of your avatar hood. It, it is the avatar hood. I love how Laugi is her spirit guide. You know, like yeah, an assassin. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's like yeah. I'll be. I know more about the spirit world than you do. I also murder people freely without any conscious fucking yeah on my own guilt. accord. Yeah, yep. and. uh so uh, Ranji and Lek, you know, they're all talking, and she and they kind of get on the subject of her scars, and and uh, Lek's like, you know what, I'm gonna let's go shopping, and they go looking. Right. That sounds nice. Yeah, and they're like, all right, fine. So they're walking around town. And this is the first time their group has felt normal. Yeah, you know what? I, yeah. Like, can act they act can, like they normal. Have a, there's people. a moment for them to breathe. Finally. Yes, finally, finally, there's a moment for them to breathe, and. Uh, and she, uh, they go and end up getting some gloves for Kiyoshi to cover her scars. Hands, her scars, and so they part, end up end up being uh, uh, uniform. Yeah, it's it's the final piece of her uniform yeah, of her look. And she even looks at them because they were made for a general that ended up dying before he could get them. Right, some and, big dude. I feel like Kiyoshi buys all of her 
clothes from like the men's section. Yeah, big and tall. <laughs> yeah, she goes to tall. big and tall. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll stop by the Dillard's at uh, Governor T's yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, what a great place to be. <laughs> you know, and so she finally gets her final piece of garment, right? Well, it's final as far as we know in this book so right. far because we get right, right, to right, the shadow, right. she upgrades a little bit. But overall, we got her look now. Yep. She's got her, her robe. She's got her headdress. She's got her makeup. She's got her gloves. She's walking around town, and she's like, why is everybody looking at me weird? Like, do I have makeup on my face still? Like, what's up? And, uh, and uh, the Flying Opera Company explains to her that technically she's the leader of the Yellow Necks now. Like, technically. Yeah, because she just killed their leader. Yeah. And that's how they run. That's how they operate. Yeah. It's big, biggest baddie on town whoever fucking the runs biggest, the show. Yeah, whoever's the biggest fish. Biggest yeah. biggest bully on the playground. Exactly. Big runs di- the jungle gym. Big dick on campus yeah, is, what, bro. is the term you're yeah, looking for. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was looking for. And uh, and uh, the people in town, first of all, they have no idea who she is or what she is or where she came from or what the hell's going on. They just know there was a battle with the Yellow Necks. Right. People are saying she's now the leader of the Yellow Necks. And then they saw a pillar of fire and air. And they think in their dumb, rural, redneck, hillbilly... <laughs> This is the Earth Kansas. Of, yeah, this is <laughs> this is Nebraska. <laughs> there goes all of our Nebraska listeners, Ricky. All right, there's no Nebraska listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. But if you're from Iowa, fuck you. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And they think that she's uh, there's one person turning off right now. <laughs> Man, I love Nebraska. <laughs> anyway, they think that she's a uh, a dragon in human form. It actually says in my last chapter, I'm sorry, I didn't, but uh, Gianzu finds out Kiyoshi is alive and knows where she is because he reads reports about a glowing-eyed spirit. Oh, and right. he's like, he's like, these fucking idiots. <laughs> That's Kiyoshi. That's the fucking avatar. That's the avatar. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. all right, so Kiyoshi's here. He knows where she's at. It's Dude, it's so funny because it's like, you really get a sense for him maybe how big the Earth Kingdom is and how detached people are because right. it's like they don't know that a glowing-eyed figure may be the Avatar. Uh-huh. You know? Like they, they don't know what's up with that. Well, also in this time, they just the Avatar has been gone for so – like they had it's it. Not, it's been 17 years it's been gone. Well, no, yeah, but, it's, it's not but even a, they it's not announced even how old was Yoon when they discovered him. It's probably only been – Two years since they announced Yoon as the Avatar, so they went, you know, 15 years without an Avatar. In that time, shit gets lost. Yeah, well, and that's what I'm saying. That's how big the Earth right. Kingdom is, is that they don't even have news right. of really a lot of this stuff. Not very educated people, is what I'm getting right. at. It's a little part of the chapter that you can extract Right, basically out. people from Iowa. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, uh, so they're walking around town and like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, the Lex like kind of you know giving him like a hard time about something. And all of a sudden, he reaches for his back, and Kyoshi feels something on her neck. And what she ends up seeing is that Lex has been hit by a dart, and she's been hit by a dart. And before she can even react, she gets hit by another dart. And Ranji too. Ranji gets hit by a dart, and they don't know where this is coming from. There's no, it's not an ninja. Yeah. She ends up giving her poison training, or excuse me, she doesn't have poison training, but uh, I have a theory that because she's so big, 
oh, the okay. poison doesn't take as hold as quickly as it does right, to Ranji. Right. And but, also, she had already experienced poisoning from the incense. Right. So maybe maybe she had some um, yeah. antibodies, you know, something, something that like developed that. Whether in it's, her. It's probably a, a, it's uh, a mixture a of both. Factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and right in front of her eyes. So she can't speak. She can barely move. But what she sees is Ranji unconscious on the ground. Somebody dragging her away and Lek turning red, purple, and dying right in front of right. her. Right. The poison affected him differently and he suffocated. He had a like, reaction. Yeah, to and he like yeah. foamed up and like suffocated and she watched him die. Now when I read the book and I read that amazing chapter of Lex's story and like I'm love this oh, you know and then he's gonna he, die. No, the thing is You know he's gonna die. The thing is he died and I was like, Why didn't I see that coming? I was like, <laughs> You did I was like, Yeah, you did get me. You got me, dude. It's I like, was like it's, I was like, How did I not see that coming? God just, damn it. You see it a hundred times. Just like when the villain yep. gives their speech before yep. they finish yep. the, the oh hero. It's like, Oh look, they finally have made their peace together and they love each other now. He's dead. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was really upset with myself, but at the same time, that's an amazing thing about reading a fucking book for once. Yeah, you know, I'm like, thank you, FCE, for like, su- uh, it surprised it surprised me that I didn't see it it's coming. Credit, it's credit to FCE because it's like you're so immersed in every whatever you're reading on that page, you right. really don't account for a lot of things that happened before or things that may happen next. Because it's so right. encap like in, in yes, like it's so yes. like in each chapter it's it's weird how it's like divided yeah. how I can solely read this chapter and be one hundred percent engulfed in it. Yeah. Where I'm not really yeah. You're, you're not right. like you're not like, oh, where's this gonna lead? Because you're like, what's going on? I'm right just one hundred percent into like I'm yeah. I'm seeing the the story play out in my mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's dude, it's super dope. And uh, how does she escape from the poison? So it doesn't really go into detail. What basically what happens is that she ends up making her way out. She returns to the Flying Opera Company and Peng Peng, holding Lek dead mm. in her arms. She brings him back to camp. Karima obviously distraught about it. Uh, Karima is Laugi there. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really say. Okay. Um, but Karima, by the time she gets back to. The Flying Opera Company, Karima already has a letter that she gives Kiyoshi. And in the letter is a lock of hair, which is Ranji's top knot. And it's in the it tells her to meet Jianzu at Kinkwa Village, I'm gonna say. <laughs> nice. Not bad. <laughs> Not, I wow, think... that was fantastic, Mark. Good job. <laughs> we'll spell it out real quick. Q I N C H A. Oh, so any uh, linguistic experts out there, please? Please let us know. Please, for the love of God, let us know. Any li- linguist- linguistic <laughs> experts <laughs> have already turned off by now. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, they're butchering this. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> basically that's where it ends is that Ranji now has a letter telling her to meet Jianzu alone in this village and that uh, Kiyoshi has that letter. Me. Kiyoshi, what did I say? Ranji. And, and, but we and know, it has a lock of Ranji. Right. It has Ranji's top knot. We know the top knot cutoff is the biggest disgrace. It's the biggest fuck you. It's saying, hey, I'm not fucking around. It's on. 
Yeah. Like, when Kiyoshi sees that. Here is Ranji's honor manifest in a physical form, right? Right. Like, here is Ranji as you know her. Yeah. And Gian's is saying it's on. Yeah. And Kiyoshi's like, she sees that and she's like, it's fucking on. And what we call back to is uh, Gianzu and Hey Ryan's uh, conversation together in that he promised her he would bring her daughter back. Right? So he played the part in that, sure, he brought her daughter back, but it wasn't for Heiran. It was to lure Kyoshi in. Yeah. That doesn't happen quite yet. Well, no. Well, that happens in the next chapter. Though. Yeah, but that's, all, that's how it ties together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it ties together. Yeah. So they're with the final, and they, they bury Lek, and Kyoshi tells them, they're like, what do we do now? And he's like, and Kyoshi's like, it's time for us to part ways. And she goes to meet Jianzu in this tea shop. And uh, she sits there. She sits like in the dead ass middle. No one fucks with her. But it is, it's a big place. It's a multi story building, actually, made out of earth. And it's populated, you know. But people are actively like. It's a busy tea shop. Yeah. She's causing a disturbance. Right. And Jianzu comes in and sits down across from her. And he started talking. And he's basically like fucking he's He's chill. He, he's given he's given her the speech. He's like, come home. He's like, it's time for you to come home. This is how it's meant to be. And she's like, Where the fuck is Ranji? I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where Ranji is. Yeah, that's all she cares you. about. He actually asks. Which is funny that in that moment, that's all she cares about because uh, leading up to their physical meeting, all she really cared about was killing Jianzu. Yeah, exactly. This is the whole, the whole book is based about killing Jianzu. And now that she's in front of him and has a chance to kill him, all she cares about is Ranji. Nice. Yeah, you're right. And uh, there's actually, as they're talking, there's a stone on the table and he's like, what's that about? And he's like, She's like, that belonged to someone that should be here next to me, fucking killing you. Talking about Lek. Oh, it was, it was one of a Lech stone. Stones? Yeah, it was one of his fucking sniper bullets. And, uh. Ugh. I can't um, believe Jonzu killed Kelsing and Lek, dude. What a fucking. Really? Killer. Well, technically, we don't know if he killed Lek. Like, we know he sent. It wasn't his. Maybe it wasn't his intention. Someone. But he's still no, 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 no. Like, I don't know if. Jonzu personally blew a dart. No, shot but, a dart at he him. He called the hit. He called the hit. I don't know if Jonzu does. Jonzu know how to work a blowgun? I don't know. It wasn't specified. Is he an actual ninja? He's still responsible. He's still responsible. And um, this is me off. So basically, they uh, they start fight. actually. There's one point where uh, where you see Jonzu break. Is like Kyoshi's like, like you're no better than the Dao Fi, and John's is like, ha 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 ha, like laughs at her, does like the laughing and he's like, I fucking murdered five thousand of them. You don't think I'll fucking murder everyone in this building? You're coming home with me, like he fucking breaks, dude. Yeah, and then Kyoshi slings the rock up straight for his temple, stops it. He stops it right at the last second. It floats there. And he puts it back on the earth, bends it back on the table. And he's like, you asked for it. 
he starts bringing the house down. So we're in the middle of the climax of the book. Yeah, like, this is this is the climax. This well, is the uh, well. This is the final. Honestly, battle. this is the final. I feel like I feel like you was the climax for me. I did not feel. Now, okay. Now I have another problem because because they made you like this climax. I feel less satisfied with the showdown with Jonzu. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's only because of how the battle ends. So okay. So it, so she so he's bringing the, and he's, he's like I'm pulling this down. down right? Boot. She enters the Avatar state and holds it together. Now I don't think at this time. I think she stopped him before he started tearing it down. Like, I don't think the earth is trembling because during the showdown, there's still people inside. And it says in the book that she wanted to yell and tell them to run. But but all of her, all of her energy was keeping this place together. So he did. So I feel like quick movement. And then she countered. And then and immediately caught it. Yeah, there was and no chance. So for I think they're at this yet. this standstill. Okay, so the building's basically destroyed for all, all intents and purposes. She's just holding it together, right? Physically, right, right now. And as they're at this showdown, I know that this tea shop does shake and tremble though, because that's how people end up leaving. It has. It, to. No, it's a, the, yeah. Because it, but a people shaking and people start to okay. Scurry so away. I think what happens is so now enter. Who walks in the door is Yoon. Okay. And Kiyoshi's like, what the fuck? And John's is like, what the fuck? And he's like, hey being, guys. Yoon being the person we thought formerly to be the Was avatar. dead and dead. And dead. And dead. And he walks in and he sees the stone on the table. And he, he like, he's like, huh. grabs it and pushes it through John Zoo's chest. Now, when John Zoo dies, I think that's when it starts trembling. Okay. Okay. And Yoon's like, like looks at Kiyoshi, winks, and he's like, I'm out. And just exits, exits, yeah. exits the shop. And people start fleeing out of the building. And then Kiyoshi's still in the Avatar today. She leaves. And she, as she, when she walks out of the building, everyone's out. She exits it. The building crumbles. So basically what you're saying is the final battle between Jianzu and Kiyoshi wasn't even a battle between Kiyoshi, between Jianzu and Kiyoshi. It was more so just a stalemate that was right, car- and then the the blow was carried out by you, right? Which is it's all it's very anticlimactic. It really was. It was a very anticlimactic. I'm, tell- I'm fight. telling you, it's because the kill was already made. I think it was because Yoon is the made. one that got the hit, though. And then he got, and yeah, and he got to kill Jianzu. And and we talk about this later. Okay, Shadow of Kiyoshi spoiler. Yes, Yoon is alive. I talked about it. I thought it was a manifestation of her spirit. Is she in her mind in the Avatar state saw Yoon? Oh, and but in she reality, was, she was doing it. Yeah, but if you were outside looking Yoon. in, she shoved it through his. His chest, okay. and I thought that would have been way better because that was how her power manifests. Yeah, I thought that would have been way better, but Yoon's actually alive, so. And you know, we find out why Yoon did what he did in the next book, and I mean, we'll get into that hardcore because yep. those are some great chapters. But 
I I did when I was reading this. I was like, I was like, man. And it wasn't because of the battle with two that I felt that this was anticlimactic. I felt it was because Yoon is the one that killed Yanzu. Yeah. yeah. Kyoshi never got the revenge she wanted. You don't have. It's not satisfactory. No. No, not at all. But at the same time, we have to think about it. Like we're not talking about. We're not talking about like Ranji in this position. Right. If Ranji had the exact same story as Kyoshi, she's still not the Avatar. Right. This is the journey of an Avatar, and if they don't get revenge, they probably shouldn't anyway. You know what I mean? Like, they should never seek out for revenge because they are the right, Avatar. Right, right, right. So it's like, it's the, it's it makes sense that the story would play out this way as far as, like, what's good for her as an Avatar, but is it satisfying? No. Right. I like how powerful Gianzu is, too. Oh, yeah. How powerful the benders are, the master benders, it really shows off their power in these novels. You mean the Butcher of Zulu Pass, Yeah, dude. dude. Like, he's fending off the Avatar in the... He's at a stalemate with the Avatar in the Avatar state. Yeah. He is a powerful fucking earthbender. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, um, back to the book, what they... What we find out is when Kiyoshi said we should uh, part ways with the Flying Opera Company... They went and rescued Ranji from Yukoya, which is where she was held. And I think, well, she sent them there to rescue Ranji, but I think she knew she was there just by knowing Janzu that well. Because he tells her where she is, at the, but obviously she would have had to tell them earlier. Yeah. And anyway, uh, Wong comes back and he's like, it was actually... Uh, it's actually pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> Janzu didn't expect you to have any allies. We worked the, the low security he had there. Yeah, he's like some uh, some uh, mercenaries disguised as guards or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we we made easy work of them. And, uh, and I love this because it's finally like Kyoshi got one up on Janzu. Yeah. She was a – she – for the first time, she was a step ahead of him. For the first time and the only time. He underestimated her. Yep. And that's how you end up like Anakin Skywalker at the pit of Mustafa. <laughs> okay. Don't underestimate my power. Hey, a great story can be found in many universes, right? Uh, mostly Star Wars. <laughs> I've mentioned Star Wars like three times today. <laughs> um, um, and basically, uh, but. They, so uh, they rescue. Hiran he, he is alive there still. So right. What they find she's in is recovery. She, yeah, she's in some kind of like infirmary. And, uh, and Ranji's obviously like, well, yeah, we're taking my mom. Right. Well, no, what happens is Karima's like, so, you know, is it over? Meaning, is Janzu dead? But Kiyoshi looks at it and she's like, Lek is dead. Yoon is alive. And he ran is here in critical condition. This is not over. In a lot of ways, it's just a start. two. <laughs> Guess what? We're doing a sequel. <laughs> Yeah, that's really where it yeah. sets up the story. And, and, yeah, it's it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so what ends up happening is uh, you have the last chapter. Yeah. So oh, what nice. ends up happening is uh, they decide amongst themselves they still need to split up. But what ends up happening is uh, Ranji and Heyran go to the Northern Water Tribe to get healing from a teacher up there that Heyran. We is don't know yet. With. We don't know her name yet. No, we Not don't know her name. Two. No, but they go up there to get healing from a teacher that Heyran's his friend with. And uh, and so they go to the Northern Water Tribe, and Kiyoshi goes to the Southern Air, or the Eastern Air Temple. Mm. And yeah. uh, 
before uh, with Laogi, by the way. Laogi's there. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And Laogi is telling Kyoshi that now that she's a confirmed avatar and everybody knows it, he's on her watch list or she's on his oh, watch yeah, list. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I might have to kill you sometime. Yeah, he goes, you better, just like Governor Tay is on your watch list, you are on mine. Like, he doesn't say that And she's like, what the like, fuck? And he's like, yeah, you better kill me before I kill you, <laughs> basically. He's like, remember how you were scared? You might have to kill me. Well, this is the moment that I was like, because I was like, is 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 Laugi a, a a villain or is he just kind of a guy that always tries to make sure he's, that people in power? Fucking... He's like a like a like a underground superhero. He's death. Yeah. He's he's just the bringer. He's fucking the Grim Reaper. But that's it. But that's him. It's discriminatory. He... Yeah, yeah. No. 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 It's not. It's not. It's it's death. He's, he's like, but only if you are in a position of power and you and you betray that, right? You betray the tr- that trust. Like if you're bad, you're dying. You know what I want? You know what? You know what I want to see? I want to see White Lotus Laugi fighting alongside Iroh. Come oh, on, come on, come on, Laugi and, and Iroh fighting together. Could you imagine Laugi White Lotus and Laugi in the White Lotus? Yeah, and then but like he's the member that's like. That guy is a. He's like, yeah, I'm, he's the I'm muscle. Pre- I'm pretty. No, he's like, yeah, I have some pretty twisted fucking thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I I murder a lot of people all the time. But it's like he's like of this ancient fucking a white un- lotus. Like he's like I murder honorable. for the yeah yeah dude. That dope. would be cool. That would be that would fucking be cool. dope. And uh, speaking of the white the lotus. white lotus, so we're in the Eastern Air Temple. Uh, Kyoshi, she gets there and they're like, you know, the air nomads, they're chill, you know? You can walk up to any air nomad. And they're cool people. They're cool. They'll accept you, you know? But she's, she tells them, I'm the avatar. And they're like, well, okay. <laughs> like, uh, can you prove it? And she spins up a tornado of air and fire and proves, and they're like, okay, cool. Like, that's it. That's yeah. all we needed. Like, they, they don't question her at all about it after that. I mean, they have all these tests, but at the same time, it's pretty, like, Cora, she's like, I'm the, all you have to do is bend yeah. one element and any other. Like, <laughs> yeah. and be like, oh, that's it. Have your pick. Yeah. As long as it's more than one. As long as it's more than one, it's like, oh, that's the avatar. Why do they have these complex tests when they can just, like, wait <laughs> and be like, hey, that person can do both those things. <laughs> You're it. <laughs> yeah, it would be way easier. And you know what? And every nation could just be like, hey, if you can bend more than one element, you get $1,000 from the government when you, you know, be like, I'm the avatar. <laughs> and you get $1,000. And everyone would be like, oh, shit, I'm the avatar. And I get $1,000. Easy. And, and so, yeah. And Kyoshi uh, obviously didn't but get you know 1000 bucks. You know what? Let's lay out 1000 toys instead. It's way, dude. Come on, that's the easiest. <laughs> and if they pick them right, the uh, we'll go through a thousand children, two thousand children. If they pick them in the right order, well, they're the avatar. <laughs> I'm like that process would take 17 years anyway. I'm guessing uh, they want to try to get the jump as early as possible. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's weird. It, it is funny. It is funny to think about. It's very archaic, you know. <laughs> and. Uh, so she gets proven that she's the Avatar, and then we get introduced to an air nomad by the name of Jimpa. Jimpa, what up? And uh, Jimpa... Well, uh, just save it. Jimpa... Just is, just keep Jimpa in your head. We're going into book two with Jimpa. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. 
Definitely. He's uh, just an Aaron Nomad today. Think about, What's he say, though? Think about Jim Pa. So he, he informs Kiyoshi that in Gianzu's will, and I, I kind of like this because it's a, it's a point about Gianzu that I didn't expect, uh, especially given what we just said about him about being a self-preservationist. In his will, he gave everything he owns to Kiyoshi. To the Avatar. To the Avatar. Love that guy. So it's like, you know, we've talked about this before. His... So, well, let me say this real quick. So he is a self, at the top, prioritizes himself above all else. But he is not without the honorability and not and like knowledge to know that when his time's over, it should go to somebody. You know. Well, he like yeah. he it, it, for the me, avatar it was, was ex- his goal, was his prize. Without that, there's nothing. Was, was right? yeah. With the avatar, he has all power. He has all the power with the avatar. Yeah. He has he has influence of the avatar, you know, and that was his ultimate. That's always been his goal. So here's a thought. Do you think maybe he gave everything to Kiyoshi so that she would use it and always think of him? To still have some, nah, to, to still nah, occupy some space in nah, her mind at all times. Nah, nah. Is it not something he was already done with that? Then? He was already he already occupied enough space in her mind. So he's like, I'm, he's like, he's I'm like, I'm living rent free in your mind for the rest of your life, bitch. Yeah, he's, he already knows that. So he's like, he's like, I don't need this. Give it to the Avatar. At least. Yes. Yes. Maybe like in a that. way to reclaim his honor in the face of people, of the public. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, what does. Uh... Jimpa assigns, is assigned to Kyoshi. So she will learn this. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Kyoshi's talking with Jimpa. And she notices that Kelsang, uh, his name is kind of low on the totem. It's not necessarily a totem, but it's. They, oh, she has it restructured, doesn't she? Yeah. She's like, she goes, I want Kelsang's name put back where it belongs. And. A statue of him would be nice. Yes. And Jinpa's like, well, I'll talk to the elders. They might not be happy. And she goes, well, the Avatar requested it. Demands it. Uh, demands it. And so... This is like the first time she really uses used the, the Avatar, Avatar as leverage. And it's, like, yeah. and it's like, I'm restoring my father's honor. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, that's what it is. It yeah. Is- she goes, you put Kelsang back where he belongs. And, it, and you know, Jinpa explains to her, like, oh, you know, like, we have to separate ourselves from benders who have taken lives and those who haven't, because that's their nomad way. And She's uh, like, shut the fuck up. And she's like, no. And so she ends up making that happen. You know, what, you, know what, you know what the airbender way is? Is Kelsang seeing an orphan jealous of the other exactly, girl's dude. kite and saying, here, hop on my glider and make her into a kite taking someone in that's that's the love that you see that's, that's the airbender the, way that's, that's the real airbender and way. she's like that Air fucking Nomad. name belongs up there mm-hmm. and a statue would be nice and uh, Jim Park goes on to say he goes uh, can I just say how easy like a statue would be nice you realize a statue would take like two seconds to make because there's earthbenders <laughs> like they're like here's a photo of them and they're like okay boom yeah it's done yeah like a statue is nothing <laughs> maybe they're hard to get in the eastern air temple i don't know Shit, man <laughs> although at the same time you could just like send a bison to go pick them up but uh jim Puss, like he's like, so he goes on and he says you know i'm sorry uh for everything that's transpired, we were kind of left in the dark about this. And she's like, what do you like? What do you mean? She goes like, nobody really was aware of it. And uh, he goes, no, 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 not, not 
Air Nomads, uh, another group. And uh, he's like, do you play Pai Show? <laughs> and uh, she, Kyoshi being Kyoshi, just kind of brush it off and says, no, she never cared for the game, and that's the end of it. Um, then the conversation kind of ends at that point. Kyoshi goes to kind of meditate at this spiritual area of water uh-huh. in the Eastern Air Temple. Um, she's sitting there meditating uh, at the pool. All of a sudden, she feels a presence in front of her. Mm-hmm. And there is a man sitting on top of the pool in the water. Handsome man. Handsome, adorned with trophies of teeth and beast talons and all this He's wearing. You're describing someone. Phil. He's wearing uh, water nation clothes. Water tribe. Uh, who might this be? Avatar Karuk. And it's none other than, other than Avatar Karuk. And to end the book, Karuk goes on to ask Kiyoshi for her help. I need your help. And that's how that's, the book ends. That's it. Um, looking back at this man, I really loved. We talk about it in our next episodes, but uh, I think I really do prefer Rise of Kiyoshi over the sequel. This book was fucking fantastic. Um, all the world building it did for the Avatar universe, all the you get all the inner thoughts of the Avatar that you don't see in the series. You only see action in the series, and that's natural um, for animation verse. A, a book right you would expect that right yeah and it does it so amazingly well in this book and giving me that that understanding of avatar logic what what the avatar goes through their conflicts yeah and it uh and rise especially it just it was a refreshing level of brutality that yeah just, she killed so many people you just don't get in, in that field well so let's recap the end of the chapter the end of the book so what happens at the end of the book is just setting up the next episode of the podcast where we get into shadows mm-hmm. so what happens is uh ranji and heyran are on the northern water tribe to get heyran healed from her poison mm-hmm. Avatar Kiyoshi is in the Eastern Air Temple, and she just got introduced to a man uh, named Jinpad. Named Jinpa. Jinpa. <laughs> Jinpad. Uh, Jinpad. Who, who we can deduce it doesn't say it explu- explu- ex- explicitly, but uh, we know that he's a white, white lotus. lotus. Yeah. And she's and uh, and uh, Yoon is alive. Right. Right. So next episode, we're going to be diving into uh, Shadows of Kiyoshi. I hope you're looking forward to it. I will to see you there. It's going to be good, dude. The The next three episodes are really good. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like them a lot. It adds a lot of a lot more depth to the to the Kiyoshi novels. So Seriously, if you're an Avatar fan listening to this podcast and you haven't read Kiyoshi, just fucking pick it up. Or listen to the audiobook. Yeah. The audiobook is great. I have, yeah. you know, I have two brothers listening to the, that have listened to the audiobook. It's great. Um, and they pronounce the names correctly, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> which we don't. So, hey, well, if, uh, if you've listened this far, we really appreciate it. Seriously. Yep. This is cool. This yep. is fun for us. Yep, 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 we're yep. looking forward to the, to the next book. But I think for today, we're out of here. I think we're out of here. What up, Clark? Yep, yep. Yep, yep.